Welcome to Meals for Maturity, Bible talks to help you mature as a follower of Jesus, by Pastor Dom Fiocco. Earlier this year, you might remember the headlines that rang out loud and clear. Trumpets proclaim Charles III as king in historic ceremony. To the blast of trumpets, King Charles slipped into the role that was his destiny. World watches historic moment, King is crowned as chants ring out and fanfare of trumpets sound. It seems you can't have a good coronation without the blast of the trumpet. I'm not sure if you have a trumpeter in your church band. Over the years, we've had a few come and go and blast away. It certainly lifts your worship as you sing along with God's people. Remember the the great hymn, My Hope is Built. When he shall come with trumpet sound, O may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. There's nothing like the blast of a trumpet, really, to wake up that sleeping baby in the back row at church on a Sunday morning. Many people like the writings of C.S. Lewis. Maybe you're one of them, especially his Narnia Chronicles. Thanks to movies now, his Narnia series will be popular for another generation or two, who don't seem to read much anymore. But C.S. Lewis certainly read and knew his Bible. He often overlaid his writings with biblical themes and images and, and doctrines. And one such image comes out, or perhaps better, sounds out, in his book Prince Caspian. I used to think it was Prince Capsican, which I think is a better name anyway. The trumpet is actually written into the Narnia story, and Prince Caspian is to blow the trumpet or horn, if you like, when he is in desperate need of help. And so the trumpet blast acts like a prayer bellowed up to God in heaven. At one point in the storyline, the prince blasts the trumpet and Aslan the lion appears, which of course symbolises the lion of Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, this trumpet blast in C.S. Lewis's books, along with the coronation of King Charlie, actually has much in common with the trumpets we hear or read about in Numbers chapter 10. So let's hear Hannah read this now. And unfortunately, I didn't organise a trumpet fanfare to announce the reading, but you can imagine that if that's going to float your boat. Numbers chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two silver trumpets. Of hammered work you shall make them, and you shall use them for summoning the congregation and for breaking camp. And when they both are blown, all the congregation shall gather themselves to you at the entrance of the tent of meeting. But if they blow only one, then the chiefs, the heads of the tribes of Israel, shall gather themselves to you. When you blow an alarm, the camps that are on the east side shall set out. And when you blow an alarm the second time, The camps that are on the south side shall set out. An alarm is to be blown whenever they are to set out. But when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow a long blast, but you shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets. The trumpets shall be to you for a perpetual statute throughout your generations. And when you go to war in the land against the adversary who oppresses you, Then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, that you may be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies. On the day of your gladness also, and at your appointed feasts at the beginning of your months, 
You shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. They shall be a reminder of you before your God. I am the Lord your God. Now, in our Wilderness Wandering series, we finished last time in Numbers chapter 9. Chapter 9, verses 1 to 14, gives us the Passover celebration. This is the second time ancient Israel gets to share together in this remembrance feast of his grace and mercy in rescuing his people, God's people, out of Egypt, out of slavery. And then verses 15 to 23, now last time we did some cloud studies. That's not the internet type cloud, but the cumulonimbus type. In Numbers 9, we're reminded of the appearance of this supernatural phenomena, a cloud it covers the tabernacle in the day, and at night it has the appearance of fire. And then this cloud becomes a visible presence and reminder to all of Israel that the Lord God is dwelling in their midst and that he will be their God as they set out on their journey to the promised land. So, so the cloud symbolizes God is present with his people. Yes, Moses will lead them on this wilderness journey, but ultimately it is the Lord God who will be the true shepherd and guide. Well, we're now up to the end of the first section across the 36 chapters of Numbers. Remember, chapters 1 through to chapter 10, verse 10, Israel has been camped around Mount Sinai. And now chapter 10, verse 11 to 20, verse 13, they're about to set out for Kadesh Barnea. Before that journey, in chapter 10, verse 1, the Lord speaks to Moses and commands him to make two special silver trumpets. And once these trumpets are fashioned or banged out by ancient Israel's better music team of silversmiths, which I think is not a bad name for a trumpet band, once they're fashioned, Moses is then told when these trumpets are to be used, when to give them a good blast. And basically, three pur there's three purposes. Firstly, to either get Israel to gather together, uh, to assemble for worship at the tabernacle or depending on the sound and the tone played, uh, to get, secondly, to get Israel moving forward in their journey. Or thirdly, for preparation, the, the trumpet is sounded for preparation for a future battle. And think of the Battle of Jericho and the walls tumbling down in Joshua chapter 6. So there you are, you're lying in your Kathmandu desert tent, you're having a good rest, you're about to nod off to the land of Nod, but then you suddenly hear the trumpet sound. Well, it could either be for worship or for more walking or for war. Like the cloud in chapter 9, this is still part of God's divine guidance for his people, his kindness, his providence, as they prepare to set out on their journey to the homeland that God has promised them. The other thing to notice about these two silver trumpets is that only special people are allowed to blast them. So you couldn't get anyone from the church band to just pick one up and have a go at playing them. You couldn't take it to the cricket. You couldn't get the Barmy Army to play God Save the King or some other tune to annoy the Aussie bowlers. Verse eight, in verse 8, we're specifically told only the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets. So the sons of Aaron from the tribe of Levi, they are called, they're set aside to serve God and to help his people in worship, in obedience to God. So God guides his people through the priests who blow the trumpets. Later in verse 10, we're given a further meaning and a greater purpose, if you like, to the, to the trumpets being played later across Israel's history. So verse 10, On the day of your gladness also, and on your appointed feasts, 
at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. They shall be a reminder of you before your God. I am the Lord your God. See, eventually Israel will celebrate the Feast of Trumpets. And there's more detail about that in Numbers chapter 29 or Leviticus chapter 23. It's a feast day of resting and offering burnt and sin offerings to the Lord with lots of trumpeters making lots of noise. So God tells Moses in verse 10, let the trumpet blast remind you of my covenant with you. In other words, whenever the priests blow the trumpets, God remembers, not that he forgets, but he remembers that he has made covenant promises with Abraham and now with Moses, that he will be your God, that he will deliver on his promises. I like to think about the trumpets in Numbers 10 like God's form of fireworks. So like fireworks um, blasting away, no one's going to miss the trumpet blast across the Israelite camp in the wilderness wanderings. It gets everyone's attention, like fireworks do. So the trumpet blast was probably not good for the local cats and dogs as well. Uh, for all pet owners who have ears, let them hear and understand. I'm not sure what your favourite instrument is. I like to play around sometimes on a 12-string guitar, wishing I had 12 fingers. Personally, I think the bagpipes are underrated and really should be a staple in most church bands. And Maybe the Scottish Presbyterian churches have something going for them. I'm not sure we can say that God has a favourite instrument, but he sure must like the trumpet, given that we hear it lots. Not just here in Numbers chapter 10, but uh, we hear it a lot across the Old Testament. They're sounded out a lot more. Let me do a quick Old Testament trumpet travel with you. And there's many more verses here, but I'm just going to give you a few, just a bit of a, a taste. So there's the call to worship that is still there later on in the Old Testament. So 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 15, remember when the ark is finally brought into Jerusalem uh, without Indiana Jones around, and we read 2 Samuel 6, verse 15, So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet, and with a little bit of David dancing thrown in there. In a similar way, across the Old Testament, trumpets are used as a call to praise, to rejoice. So Psalm 150 is a classic. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. That must be 12 strings and bagpipes there. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Biblical justification for drummers in church, I think. Verse 6, Psalm 150. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In other words, use musical instruments to lift your voices in praise for God's mighty deeds. The call to war is still a reason to blow the trumpet across the Old Testament. So Numbers chapter 31 verse 6, for example, in a war against Midian, we read, And Moses sent them to war, a thousand from each tribe, together with Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, with the vessels of the sanctuary and the trumpets for the alarm in his hand. Trumpets are also used as a call to victory. So Judges chapter 3, uh, you might know the episode, Ehud is just, he's just stabbed the fat man Eglong of Moab. And we read Judges 3 verse 27, when Ehud arrived, he sounded the trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim. 
and then the people of Israel went down with him from the hill country and he was their leader. The use of trumpets gets expanded for a call to anoint. And this is where I think the modern day royal coronation get the idea from. So 1 Kings chapter 1 verse 34 we read, And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet there anoint him king over Israel and then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. And finally, we see across the Old Testament trumpets being used as a call to rest. So Psalm 81 verse 3, this is referring to the Feast of Trumpets. We read, blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day. So that's a quick fly through the Old Testament and when we hear the sound of the trumpet. See, each time it's played or sounded, there is a purpose, there is a reason for it. Again, the God we worship is a God of order and purpose. But as New Testament Christians, we're to ask, well, what's the big deal about trumpets for us as we seek to follow Jesus? Should we all be in Salvation Army churches and learn the trumpet? Well, like last week, when it comes to clouds, believe it or not, you can have a biblical theology of trumpets. I've shown us how they're used after Numbers chapter 10 across the Old Testament. But what does the New Testament do with the trumpet sound? Well, surprisingly, they get played quite a lot. Just as God shows his presence in the Old Testament via clouds, remember last time in chapter 9, so too does he, does he and will he show his presence with the Lord Jesus and trumpets across the New Testament. For ultimately, these verses about trumpets in Numbers chapter 10 find their fulfilment. They find their fuller meaning, their fuller sound with the arrival of the Lord Jesus in the New Testament. So the trumpet is still heard across the New Testament. It's just now with Jesus as the focal point, or we might say the major note being played, as if, as if to say, here is God's final and perfect king to anoint and to bring in rest. So let's sound the trumpet. It's interesting that in the last book of the Bible, that when John the Apostle is given his revelation to write down, this is how it begins. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are, that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. So here's the Lord Jesus' voice and it's like the voice of a trumpet. In other words, sit up and take notice. John, listen carefully and don't miss this. As I read the New Testament, I think we can summarize the trumpet sound under three categories or three notes that we hear in the New Testament. The first one is the trumpet, <clears throat> the trumpet sound uh, signifies the return of the Lord Jesus. So Matthew 24, uh, verse 30, 31, they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So the trumpets tell us that one day Jesus will return to this earth. The Bible teaches at the first coming of Jesus, 
he came to save us from our sins. At the second coming, he will bring home all those who place their trust in him. And the heavenly trumpet blast is going to signal this great event still to come. A second note we hear across the New Testament is the trumpet in the New Testament is a reminder of God's final judgment to come upon the earth. So in Revelation chapters 8 and 9, we actually have the seven trumpets blasted by various angels as God brings his word of judgment against sinful, rebellious mankind, all those not found in the book of life. I think we hear a third use of the trumpet sound in the New Testament, and that is concerning the resurrection from the dead. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, Behold, I tell you, Paul writes, a mystery. We shall not all sleep, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall all be changed. Or 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So three notes of the trumpet across the New Testament. Uh, firstly, to, to signify the return of the Lord. Secondly, to usher in God's final judgment. And thirdly, as a reminder that the dead in Christ will be resurrected, will be raised. See, all these New Testament passages remind us God's not finished with either clouds or trumpets in the book of Numbers. The trumpet rings out across the New Testament to assure us that our ultimate rest, our ultimate hope is guaranteed because of the risen Lord. So the trumpet blast across the New Testament is either a note of judgment or a tune of grace. For in the gospel message, we hear both. We hear the voice from God speaking either a word of judgment, the stench of death, or a word of grace, the aroma of life. Which one, which trumpet note will you hear? at the end of the age. Which one will you hear as you breathe your last breath? Well, whoever thought I could give two Bible talks on clouds and trumpets? Now let me close with a great story reminding us of God's grace again and again. Unfortunately, it's not about trumpets, but it's about God's goodness. Um, Dr. Howard, a true story by the way, Dr. Howard Kelly was a renowned physician and surgeon in the States. As a Christian man during his student days, he would go around selling books and encyclopedias to pay his way through medical school. Uh, remember the days of Encycl Encyclopedia Britannica, for those old enough to know what I'm talking about. None of this Google stuff or AI, you have to go actually to books and turn pages and, and learn that way. Well, one day in his travels, Dr. Kelly arrived at a, a farmhouse and he was so, so thirsty after walking uh, in the countryside that he just needed a glass of water. And a young lady greeted him on the porch and said, a glass of water? No, what you need is a, a big glass of cold, refreshing milk. And so he gulped it down in thankfulness. Well, years later, 
Dr. Kelly became the chief surgeon at John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore. One day a patient was admitted from the farm area of Maryland and this patient was seriously ill. She was treated by Dr. Kelly and looked after really well by the nursing staff, even given her own uh, private room. About a week later, she recovered well and it was time to be discharged. But she feared the worst as she prepared to receive the bill for her treatment and her stay in hospital. At the reception desk, she was given the invoice detailing her expenses. There was this long list of medical expenses just running down the page. And then down the bottom of the column was the scribbled handwriting and signature of Dr. Howard A. Kelly. And she read the words in astonishment. It said, paid in full with one glass of milk. It was a great reminder, you see, of the simple act of grace and kindness that Dr. Kelly had received years earlier, but he never actually forgot it. And when you think about the gospel in the New Testament, we're clearly told that our sin and rebellion against God is like this long, detailed list of serious expenses. It's a debt that none of us can repay to God. But then if you listen closely, you can hear the trumpet of grace being sounded. And God has written on our invoice and actually signed it in red with the words, paid in full with the blood of Jesus. Perhaps next time you hear the trumpet being played, you might remember Numbers chapter 10. Or even better, you might remember to live a life of thankfulness for what God has done in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Meals for Maturity. Keep growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ.